Welcome to all you dads out there and all you moms. You are listening to episode 125 of the Fade You podcast. We are on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe to the pod. Make sure you check out our YouTube page. We are kind of putting that together. So that's more good stuff coming your way. My name is Matthew James and I'm joined tonight. Tonight we are recording on Tuesday, March 8th, We're recording about nine o'clock PM West Coast time and Guys, really, all that's left is uh, Cal Poly UC Davis. I mean, who's who's degenning that one other than the uh, big red, Jared? I wanted UC Davis minus five and a half. The line got away from me, so I just I just avoided. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll just check the score in the morning, probably. <laughs> I didn't know UC Davis had a basketball team. So, <laughs> oh, Aggies. I went to school right down the street from UC Davis, so good shit up there in Northern California. Um, I got a bone to pick with the Big West, by the way. Kyle, we used to go to the Big West tournament when it was played right here in our backyard at the Honda Center in Anaheim. Man, some good times going to watch uh, Long Beach State versus Hawaii or UC Santa Barbara versus UCI, and they moved the fucking tournament to Henderson, Nevada. You remember that like in 20, God, I think that was 2012 when Long Beach State, you know, ran the table to get into the tournament. That was so exciting. That was so much fun. I can't believe that was a decade ago. (laughs) And then there was another time we were there. I can't remember if Todd was with us or not, but there was like a, like a guy in his mid forties, like mingling in the student section. Oh, you recall this? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I think Todd was there. Probably. Um found his student ID from the 1980s and got in and I don't know why he was there, but it was weird. Hey, and now we can't fun or, or he, he went back to school. Good for him. Who knows? And now we can't go because they moved it to Nevada. So yeah. Unreal. You guys know that make that makes five different conferences that are now having their conference tournaments in Vegas. Yeah. How long has it do you guys know how long the West Coast Conference has done theirs? I know they do theirs super early, obviously, because they finish up tonight. I mean, I figure that's been a while because I think they said yesterday when I was watching the Gonzaga game, um, they they called the stadium uh, Gonzaga Fieldhouse Light. Yeah, I heard that. Or Gonzaga yeah. South or something like that. Yeah, Gonzaga yeah. South was, uh-huh. was Vegas because it's always their conference you know, tournament to win. And, and what um, arena do they play in? Uh, New Orleans arena. That's right. Okay. Well, let's get you guys welcomed in here. Uh, my Twitter as at Matthew James 78. Uh, I am putting out plenty of losers these days, so you should follow that and, uh, fade my plays. And Kyle is at Kmart's underscore angles. And you could have faded his plays until today <laughs> when he finally got some luck to break his way. So, uh, Kyle, good. good shit. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm not dead. I'm not broken. Not dead. Um, not in last anymore either. Those, yeah, uh, not in last. I, th- I think I might have jumped back up the fourth. I don't know. Not quite. But oh yeah, because you got just, the push, so you're you're yeah. just ahead of me. Well, Neil's just ahead of you, and then I'm just ahead of Neil. So it's okay. 
third, so fourth, close. fifth is is within a half a unit. So okay, cool. Uh, we got a long way to go. And then uh, Neil, of course, is at Big Nelly Buckets. Um, Neil, Georgia Tech. What happened there? I, I think I just got caught up in the hype of Georgia Tech doing it last year when they kind of had no business. If you remember, Georgia Tech won um, the ACC conference right. tournament last year. Um, they ran the table to get themselves into the tournament. Louisville's just been so bad. Like I, I really was just kind of hoping that Louisville would just roll over and end their season and be done versus Georgia Tech, who had some experience of doing this before. Um, didn't work out that way. Nice little 10 point L at home. So I want to get to that at some point. I want to come back to teams that just had horrible seasons for whatever reason for Louisville was a coaching change mid season. Like there are teams that either underachieved or went on crazy losing streaks season got away from them. Shit happens that now that they're in their conference tournament, like is Louisville going to win the conference tournament? No, but can you, is there an art to finding teams that might see it as, okay, we're, we got nothing to lose at this point. Let's start over and see if we can rattle off a few wins. And yeah, Louisville I mean, beat the I, shit out of Georgia Tech today. So yeah, I mean they were up by twenty at one point. Yeah, it was bad. It, it was insane. But I mean, it's prideful, and you get. I think we got a, into this topic during bowl season and college football. Yeah, but college basketball. I mean, it's it's even crazier because for an active NBA roster, you're only suiting up twelve players a night. So there's not a lot of these kids. This is this is it. Um, they're they're playing for their basketball careers really. So you're going to get, you're going to get games. I mean, that, that, uh, Clemson NC state game, uh, Sebron, that guy needs to transfer. Cause that, that guy's talented. He was the whole team and everybody else was, I, I don't know. They found on the streets. Cause that, that was hard to watch, you know, guys missing dunks, just, just really bad defense, missing rebounds. You know, they had a chance to win that game, but they just couldn't execute uh, really for the whole game. I watched most of that. So I think it's, you know, for any of these teams, you know, there's always going to be that added value, um, you know, with, I think, taking the points just because you never know, you know, who's going to, who's going to show up and, you know, give their Steph Curry performance. Yeah, I mean, to add on to that, for a lot of these guys, this is the, I mean, one of the last times they'll play in college if it's a, if they're a senior. Um, last time they'll be with this group. I mean, I was on the phone with my, my dad, my actual dad earlier, and uh, he's wanting to fire some bets in the Players' Championship. I'm like, all right, who who you like? And he's watching live from the players, and I'm like, Dad, I got to be honest with you. I'm watching the um, – summit league final between North Dakota state and South Dakota state. And there is something so beautiful and pure. Like when you get to the final, this is the last great chance that some of these guys are going to have to get to the big tournament. And you have these kids who a lot of these guys are going to be like communications majors and accountants and shit. And they're out there on the basketball court, given a thousand percent. And there is something so pure and awesome about that this time of year that you just you turn on an NBA game and you don't even get close to that. Nothing. Nothing. Probably 19 times out of 20. 
once you might get a, a, a truly epic finish. I think it was Phoenix. Phoenix beat somebody on a buzzer beater on Saturday night. And that Saturday was pretty, night, yeah. pretty fucking sick. But um, that's right. Cause Phoenix used to be the youngest team in the league. So they're not far. They were, I don't know if it is this year, but last year they were one of the youngest. So they're not far removed from that college atmosphere. Yeah. But it's awesome. I mean, and that's why we're doing this pod right now to talk about a time of year that people love to jump into betting conference tournaments. And then people are going to be filling out brackets here in less than a week and getting ready for the real deal. So uh, nine days away from hanging out with all of you guys. Oh man. It's going to be amazing. So we wanted to get this pod done. Um, We might touch on NFL for a second at the end of the show because some pretty crazy shit happened today, but we're recording Tuesday night. Um, Many conference tournaments are underway, but a ton are going to tip off tomorrow. Basically, almost everything that hasn't started yet starts tomorrow, other than like the Ivy League and the MAC and the American. So I'm going to try to just steer the ship and let you guys provide some insight into maybe specific tournaments you're looking at, certain teams, um, teams that are undervalued, teams that are so secure because there, maybe we can start with this. There is something to a team like a Duke or a Baylor or a Kansas or somebody like that losing in their conference tournament early and getting a little bit more practice time, a little bit more rest. Like a lot of these like really big schools that are ranked in the top 10, top 15 don't need to win their conference tournament. How should people look at like some of the favorites in these big conferences? Neil, you want to start? Uh, sure, I can. I can. I, I think with, you know, it's going to be it's very specific. I think you look at like, and let's, let's take Baylor, for example, who a team who is kind of like physically beat up, who is the, you know, reigning national basketball, you know, champions. I, I don't think that, right, they have anything to, like Matt said, they don't have anything to prove. I think what this does provide, though, is for teams that if you have a younger you know team in general that this becomes like a very chaotic sort of time where you just are you know back to back playing great teams you have a quick turnaround yes you know the team that you're playing because most of the time you know coming up here this is going to be for a lot of teams their third time, you know, at least their second time, if not their third time uh, playing the team, their opponent. So you know who you're playing, but it's a great time to really get your team out there and get experience of a crazy arena, right? Because all these major conferences, the Pac-12 going and playing in T-Mobile, ACC's in um, uh, Madison Square Garden, right? So you're playing in these larger venues that you're going to see you know, next week when you get in. So I really think it's more about an experience. It's, it's getting a little bit of experience. It's getting a little bit of your mojo sort of clicking because this is going to be a different environment that many of these kids haven't seen in a really long time. Many since last year playing in a much larger venue. Yeah. I mean, I I can kind of agree with that. Like, I don't think any college kid goes out there in the mindset of, I don't want to win this game. Like, I don't, I don't think any, any athlete, whatever caliber you are, you, you're okay with losing, but you know, the whole overlooking, you know, we already have our, you know, for Arizona, for instance, they're already secured, you know, even if they lose in the first round of the PAC 12, 
I guess, second round because of the buy. Um, it's not going to affect them at all, but I still can't see that happening. But for, you know, looking at other teams and in, in every conference, you know, think about last year with Oregon State, you know, number five, winning the Pac-12, you know, just igniting them to an Elite Eight. And, you know, that, that was a Cinderella. It was crazy. And every year we see something like that. So for me, it's, it's really just trying to find value um, we touched on it, I think on the last full pod with all of us, but, you know, trying to do the research, you know, like last week, the last week riding in, you know, you have the Kentuckys, the Arkansas, um, you know, seeing how they're playing, watching these teams as much as you can in these conference, because it truly does impact, you know, the way they play in this, this tournament. And I mean, and let's yeah. not forget like last, last, last year, Duke and Kentucky weren't in the field of 64, right? right? So, like, they got to play their conference tournament and got bounced at some point, but they never went past that. So I think, like, if you want to look at those two teams particularly, um, I think they have even more to prove because this is even more of an experience and a building because no one went through, you know, a madness last last season. Yeah. Cause Matt, I mean, remember a few years back with Auburn when, you know, they were, they were good, but they just got hot from three and we kept riding them in Vegas and just winning a lot of money. So it's, it's just teams like that, you know, that have talent, but you're in the words of Chris, you're going to have to hold your nose a little bit because if those shots start clanking, you know, they're going to get ran out of the house. So sometimes you just got to trust it and, you know, go with the hot team, even though, you know, they're playing the perennial favorite. Um, you know, that's kind of what I mentioned earlier. Sometimes you got to find those lines, take those points, but a lot of times it can be very chalky in this tournament. Um, you know, just free throws down the stretch games get extended because kids don't want to go home. So, you know, even a game that's been neck and neck all day, six points covers, you know, that, that's what makes March Madness Madness. It's, you know, just, it's fun. It's fun in Vegas, you know, just watching people lose, watching them win, and just, it just creates the chaos, and it's amazing. So a minute ago, I asked about teams that are fairly secure and how they approach it. You're going to hear a lot of noise about teams on the bubble over the next several days, and that they need a great showing to get in or maybe even need to get to the final or possibly win their tournament. When you hear Lenardi and bracketology and all these people say, Oh, this team's on the bubble. When those teams go to play a game in their conference tournament, is that like needing to win baked into the line already? How much stock should people put into narratives like that? Like this team's got to show well to have a chance is that line going to be inflated a little bit because that's already baked in and, and people maybe don't know that. How do you guys approach bubble teams in these conference tournament? I mean, honestly, I've, I've never thought about that um, at all. I'm, I'm not the best, you know, at reading lines for whatever reason, but it, it could be, it's something to look out for, you know, it's, I'll probably, write down, you know, all those bubble teams and see if there is a discrepancy. Cause I mean, that would, that would hit on my system pretty hard. Cause it's, it's just all about line value um, through four, you know, different types of alg- algorithms. And I just compare them and I check, I literally just check boxes. And if they all hit, I play it. 
that it's, you know, as simple as that, but, you know, for, for Colorado in the PAC 12, you know, that's, that's something to look forward to because they started off hot, but they kind of, you know, flamed out at the end. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what their, what their lines are in the tournament. And I would say to that, I, I think, I don't think that's baked into the line quite as much. Um, I think that's a narrative that people like to want to back. I would be interested in maybe this season we'll do a little more tracking of some of these bubble teams and look what these their splits are. But, you know, the kids on the other side are hearing the exact same narrative. And, you know, if you've got a Wisconsin playing Indiana and Indiana right now is, a, you know, according to Lenardi is the first team out. Like if I'm Indiana or if I'm sorry, if like, if I'm Wisconsin, and I'm playing Indiana, I want to bounce them out. Right. Like you, these are not like when you're an in division in conference, you know, playing against in these tournaments, it's like, I think the other team has every motivation to make sure that you don't go to the conference turn, you know, to the conference tournament, especially if it's teams that aren't, you know, that don't like each other. Um, I think kind of goes back to college, you know, if teams have shown that they've been on the bubble or they've worked their way from out of the bubble to in the bubble because they're hot, I think you absolutely, you just ride that. Um, and it kind of gets to one of the other things that I sort of like to back. And I think we saw a great example of this tonight, which is historically, we've all seen how great guard play. It, it, all you need is like a great guard to get hot and they can carry there. If they're that, if they're good enough, yeah. they can carry. And that's the, that's the guy, right? That's the guy you go back to, which is UConn and Kemba Walker, who they were not going to make the conference tournament even if they got all the way to their conference championship game and lost, they weren't making the tournament, but they got all the way through. They won that game. They got into the field. They ran the table and they won the national, they won the natty. Right. I think you look at someone like a kid that probably no one's ever heard of, but Peter Chris for Bryant is leading the, yeah, Peter, sorry, Peter kiss. And exactly. It's who, leading the nation in scoring right now in college basketball for Bryant. Bryant beats the crap out of Wagner. And I don't know who in the stands got beat up, but that was crazy. But, you know, he scores 34 points tonight of Bryant's 70, right? It leads me back to like, I don't know if you guys remember the kid Max Abrams last year for Oral Roberts, same type of situation, right? A kid from a small school, led the country in scoring going in and he took Oral Roberts to the end of the sweet 16, right? Like that's an interesting one to sort of keep an eye on when you have just a really dynamic and we saw it Oregon state last year. It's the same thing. Lucas is the kid. He took them and they rode Lucas all the way through the pac 12 and all the way through, you know, up until the sweet 16. Right. So you look at these like super hot guards that can really run a team and just like put put the whole team on their back and carry them. And that's kind of, I, you know, when Kyle talks about streaks, it's going to start with guard play, you know, in college basketball, that's where I look to try and lean. So this Bryant team to me is a, is a little interesting. Yeah. I've heard that a few times today that they are there. There will perhaps be a, a trendy pick to either upset or, or cover in the first round. We shall see. So, ESPN's got an article right now on their college basketball page, Bubble Watch 2022, what's at stake during champ week? 
And I can just imagine someone who's not been super dialed into college basketball this season, checking this out, being like, all right, I'm going to play on these teams that ESPN is telling me have work to do. I'm looking at like work to do Oklahoma, Miami, Michigan, Indiana, Florida. Like these are, these are some of the teams kind of on the edge. And yeah, that's another one. And it almost reminds me a little bit of like a, like a week 17 win and get in, in the NFL where you should remind yourself like, well, Week 18 now. Week 18 now. If this team has to win just to get in, how good are they in the first place, right? Like, so. Uh, Matt, a, t- a team that, a good team that has to get in in the NFL never loses to the worst worst team in football, do they? Not as a double-digit favorite. No way. That never, right? That never happens. So it, just be careful. I, I, I really do want to track how these teams do against the spread in their conference tournaments, like, are they going to make the Michigan line minus seven instead of minus six in a, in an early round game? I don't know. We'll we'll have to see about that, but I want to see um, what you guys wanted to get into here with this one. Are you guys looking at certain conferences? Are you looking at certain teams that you're betting on? Where are we going with conference championship week? Man, for me, I mean, for me, honestly, like I'm just going to tomorrow morning, Luckily, I start work at 6 a.m., so I go straight to Ken Palm, and I just put every team that's playing each other on a spreadsheet. I then get the current line, and that's where I start. I start looking at differentials within the what Ken Palm predicts because we had a buddy who once told us that that's how they create the lines, so that's been my primary source of, you know, line checking really for the past few years and you know that's that's kind of the biggest component on making a play a play for me is the current line and I don't I don't care if there's sharp movement I don't care if that thing started at minus six and it's a stay away and then it you know ends up going to minus three and I'm like well that fits to me that that's fair game so I just look for line value um Conference tournaments for me are crazy just because there's a lot of variables. So, I mean, I don't have anybody in particular who I'm, who I'm looking for. It's just truly about, I really enjoy the power six. I mean, you know, I like the summit league as well, as well as on South Dakota state tonight, you know, these smaller conferences are a lot of fun, but I'll probably be focusing on the PAC 12 because that's obviously what I see the most of, but the big East is always fun. ACC, SEC, but it's going to be tough because they're just fully loaded. So that's that's kind of why I try to just really focus in on, um, you know, value within that line. You know, just it's my own version of being sharp, I guess. So we'll see, you know, how well that actually pays off. And I know that's different than what Neil does. Well, here, Kyle, let me follow up. So let's say, let's look at a line, an early line tomorrow. How early are games tipping off on uh, Wednesday morning? AC, anyway, I think there's an there's an eight thirty in some random league. Oh my god, think, we got we got eight thirty a.m. Big Sky, yeah. Idaho, Sacramento State. Let's go! Yeah. Oh wow, both of them went six and fourteen in the Big Sky. We're gonna have to degen that just to kick off the day. Um, all right, so let's say we got Syracuse, Florida State. All right, I'm seeing Florida State minus one. 
So let's say that let's say that that's moved to uh, FSU minus two tomorrow, but Ken Palm says the line should be one. Is that too is that too small of a shift for you to do anything with it, or like how do you? Yeah, like I got the Ken Palm line. You know, Florida State minus one. It's okay, minus so it's one. Like usually, like usually, in order for it to tick off, you know, if it's if it's going to be you know a, a push or, you know, like a one point differential, the other two markers I use, which are similar to Ken Palm, one of them's the uh, Jeff Sagarin, and um, the other one's blanking my mind. It's like a proprietary system. Um, so if those, it was kind of like the Delaware game, that one was minus two, minus two on Ken Palm, but the other two had them, you know, winning that game by more than two. And I was like, it's worth the risk. Um, you know, there's no line value per se, but the other markers just based off the way they're playing are predicting them to cover that spread. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get lucky like that, but you know, it, for me, it kind of takes the emotion out of it, you know, just by playing what I perceive as value over something I put in my head. You know, you said it in our group chat, you know, we have, I think it was during the Super Bowl. you were like, you know, we all have our theories on how this is going to play out. So instead of getting into that and, and diving deep into, you know, how's their offense, how's their defense, how are they going to shoot? What's their free throw percentage? Are they going to make them? Are they, who, who knows? You know, it's like, our, <laughs> nobody knows shit. Like it's, it's true. Like you, you never know. Cause a 50% shooter might just be clutching. He could go four for four in the final minute, 90% shooter as we saw could miss the front end. So, you know, that's, that's kind of why I like this because for me, and we've all said it, I'm, I'm an emotional better. So this for me in college basketball seems, seems to work in past four years. I mean, you, I think you've paid dividends to that during March madness. It's been strong. What about you, Neil? So in early games, like I, and we'll just touch on like real quick, Florida State, Syracuse. Like I'm not touching a Bay a Bayheim game in the ACC tournament. I don't understand how they play basketball. I don't know if it's the zone that just confuses me or confuses other people. I just don't understand how they do what they do. Um, it's been too many uh, marches, I think where it's like they're just sitting there out on the periphery and somehow they, you know, make the tournament as a 12 seed and, and they win make, two games. Yeah. It, right. And they just go on these runs. Um, but I mean, I, as I would say like early on, right. You're, you're dealing with teams that have to make like deep, deep runs. Right. And I think like the Syracuse Florida state game though is also interesting because like Florida state's a team that's normally in the tournament also, right. They're used to being there as well. So I, you know, could either of those teams go on a run in the ACC? I mean, the ACC it's, you know, there's Duke and like Notre Dame is beatable. North Carolina is beatable. Like there's, I think that's one of these leagues where you could see, like I think either one of these two teams, you could see Clemson that's now won five games in a row, you know, go on a run for the ACC. Like I think that ACC is kind of an, a wide open um, tournament where you have, you know, Duke's a minus 150 uh, favorite in this, but it really could be anyone else. Like I could see Duke maybe getting bounced relatively early um, just because they are young, they're inexperienced 
they haven't gone through something like this before. Um, we saw how they dealt with emotions, you know, in that North Carolina game, um, the last one, Coach K's last one. So I, I could see Duke getting bounced. Who's going to take it from them? I don't know, but I, I, I wouldn't be laying minus 150 for Duke um, in that one. One of the conferences, and it's something that I've been uh, sort of on for since the start of the season, um, which luckily for me, I guess, is not making me look so ridiculous, is, you know, in, in the American, I, I, t- I tweeted out on Sunday, like, I don't think that there may not be a team that's playing better basketball right now than Memphis and a team that just like physically, when you look at them, that you just don't want to face them um, because they check to me, they check all the boxes. They, uh, you know, they have great guard play. They're extremely athletic guards um, who can defend. Um, Jalen Duran is just a monster. You know, he's not like a, a Cockburn and I am pronouncing that last name right. I don't care what anyone says. I don't, everyone else pronounces it wrong. It is Cockburn, read his jersey. Um, but like, he's not, you know, a, he's 6'10", but the guy is just yoked. Um, and, and I just love the way this Memphis team is playing. They've lost one game by a point ever since Penny Hardaway started throwing F-bombs out on the, the podium after a loss. Um, I just, I think from a coaching perspective with having Larry Brown on that bench and what they've been able to do, to do, you know, they've just beat the shit out of Houston twice. And, you know, that's a really good Houston team. So I I'm interested. I, you know, we were texting, I was, I'm kind of shocked that Houston's a minus two Oh five to win that conference tourney. Um, Memphis is plus three twenty five, which is basically dead even of where I booked it before the season started. Um, I think that's going to be a, uh, it hopefully we get to see the third the third showing of Memphis Houston. Um, I'm really hoping for that. Um, the other one, Maddie, and I think you can help me up. I is the Mountain West completely wide open? Like, yeah, I think I think four, maybe five teams could win it. I, right, and and I, I mean, and like he's not a guard, but if you're going to go to the best player and look to back the best player in a conference. Is that not the Fresno State Bulldogs? Yeah, like, that, that's going to be a wild tournament. And and that's and I think Fresno State, it, for, you know, Fresno State sort of has that. You know, you've got a potentially lottery pick on the team who is kind. You know, they're they're not going to get center stage in this because there's so many things going on at the same time. But he has a chance to sort of make his mark here at the end and sort of try to put a team on his back and carry them. Like that's the kind of narrative that, you know, if you want to stand out, that's, this is what you have to accomplish and they need to get through, you know, they, I think Fresno state's one of the teams, like their only way they're getting in is if they win their college tournament. Yeah. But I, they're, I think they're fully capable Right. I, I, I don't think Fresno, I mean, Fresno State's, um, they may be a dark horse, but they're yeah, certainly capable of winning that. I mean, that would be like Oregon State last year because, I mean, yeah. they're right in the middle of their pack. When, when you said four or five teams, I and mean, we got, we got Boise State, Colorado State, San Diego State, Wyoming, UNLV, and then Fresno State based on conference records. So, I mean, I think you guys hit it on the head there. I mean, that's, that's wide open because, 
I probably won't take Boise State. Uh, I have a soft spot for San Diego State, but I I, I kind of like that dark horse play. Uh, I'll definitely look into that. And UNLV's no slouch. I mean, no. they're they're not going to get a ton of love because they went 10-8 in conference, but I caught a couple of their last few games, and they look good. Mm-hmm. And then you got, like, Wyoming that lost three out of their last five after being really, really good especially at home. Then they, I think they finally lost at home to you, to your Aztecs, Kyle. Um, yeah, that, that tournament is going to be outstanding. There's some really, I mean, God damn, Colorado state's fucking solid. Boise probably is Boise's favorite, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. That's going to be, I'm curious to see how many teams they get in. I'm Between... curious. Right. I agree. And I was just going to say like, I'm curious to see, how many unders you fire? Oh yeah, in this case, Mountain West this, unders. Yeah, you and your Mountain West unders, and they're oh. you know it's it's worthy of them. They're certainly yeah. worthy of them. But I think in a conference tournament setting, when you know these teams have a lot on the line, ooh, we could, little, see, we could see some low tight. totals. Yeah, it can get a little tight. Ask, uh, God, who was it tonight? I mean, shoot, Kyle, you were talking about South Dakota State's offense, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, according to Ken Palm, they're they're 11th in the country in efficiency. And, you know, they, they've still put up 75 tonight, aided by some free throws at the end. But, like, I mean, they went through stretches of that game where they had a hard time. Like, you could tell. I mean, they had all the pressure in the world on them. They were 18-0 in conference. They had to win this one. And yeah. you could tell that they tightened up at times. And, I mean, North Dakota State just kept hanging around, hanging around, hanging around yeah phenomenal yeah. game so it, it happens these teams get a little tight when there's so much on the line especially the deeper you get into these conference tournaments you get into semifinal games championship games um yeah fun to look for unders there i mean people have to remember these are kids like yeah they're not, they're not gonna execute <laughs> the way you the way they've been doing all year because the added pressure this time of the year um that that's where, you know, I mentioned, you know, this the new Steph Curry performance, who's, who's going to step up, you know, for Neil in the case of a guard, there's a few good big men in the, in the conferences, you know, these days too. So, you know, interior defense, you know, I definitely still love playing a team, you know, Texas tech a few years ago, just riding a team that plays stout defense and can get offensive rebounds. I'm, I'm honestly still kind of heartbroken. Texas tech didn't win at all. <laughs> a couple of years ago, man. No, that's you're right. Whoever can steal, I mean, these so many of these come down to under a minute left who can execute it. When you can steal a possession here or there with even a, a rebound off a missed free throw, like that shit matters so much. Yeah. When so many of these games are tight. And and one thing you brought up too, quick just kind of check yourself moment for people out there who are starting to watch a lot of college basketball this week. Don't be the guy that watches somebody take a bad shot. What the fuck are you doing? Come on. Like to your point, Kyle, these are kids. Remember how, what a dumb piece of shit you were. Not you. Just you listen to no, him. No, him. Well, no, him too, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. at times, but like <laughs> for guy at the bar, that's yelling at a kid. Why did he take that shot? Like, okay. Were you perfect when you were 19? Like, did you ever do something dumb? Like, these guys are playing in such a pressure-packed 
environment just fucking enjoy it it's college basketball these guys most of the vast majority of these guys are not going to be professional basketball players and you know what's funny matt that exact same thing you said applies to why college basketball and why march madness is so great because it's those same exact shots that you say that leave a kid's hand that you said that you say to yourself why the fuck did you shoot that and that's the one that goes in Right. It so it's nothing but net. Exactly. Yeah. And they, you know, nothing happens and you're like, bang. Right. And it's like, it, that's what makes this tournament Incredible. so great is that it's the exact, it's depending on what side you're on. It's that's, you know, what makes the tournament so great. I mean, it's the pride. You can see the emotion. You'll just, they actually play for the team, you know, on their Jersey and not the name on their back. Like that's to me, what's what makes it, a lot more enjoyable and speaking into that and i want to touch on one thing maddie and that is so let's talk about a two and a half point spread why i like to buy it down to two and why chattanooga screwed me last night and what was a phenomenal game and what was a tremendous shot in overtime but right why it should never have gone there so my personal preference on a line that is two and a half, it is probably the only time where I will spend and lay a dollar twenty to buy that down to an even two. So let's rewind to that Chattanooga game. Chattanooga gets themselves to up three, which is f- perfect. It's where I want. It's the whole the, uh, Chattanooga up three is the reason why I bought this down to two from two and a half. Chattanooga. Up three, Furman's inbounding the ball with 16 seconds left. If Furman wants to do something crazy and go super early, you let them. Let them do it because then it gives you time. If they go for two, you're just going to get fouled and you're going to go to the free throw line, right? So you are you go up one with free throws pending. I like, I like the spot I'm in if I'm backing Chattanooga. If they're going to go for a three, even if they make that three to tie it, if it's early enough, you still have seven, eight seconds to give yourself time to get off a good look. But once you go under five seconds, you have to foul them, right? Like you should have fouled because then it puts Furman at the line. If the kid makes the first free throw and you're up two, Furman's really kind of in the position where they have to purposely miss the second. Right. Because you're not going to have time to, you know, inbound the ball after a miss. You're going down. You've got less than if you're sub five seconds, you really are, you know, chucking up a prayer. So if they go for the miss, perfect. That's what I want to happen because I'll take my chances. If Chattanooga comes down with the rebound, you're getting fouled. You're going to the line. If, you know, if they do for some reason get it, you know, you go to overtime at worst case scenario, or the game just ends because they missed the last shot because it's just a chaotic mess, right? If they miss the front end, they can do whatever they want to at the second end. The wor- the worst thing I thought was going to happen when I was up three with 16 seconds left was that I was going to push. But they let it play out with like four seconds left. The kid from Furman, he's up at three. You get a tie ball game. And at that point, I knew I was dead, but it's that two, it's that two and a half number scares me to death. It shouldn't have happened and gone that way yesterday, 
but it did. And it's unfortunate for me. It's crazy, man. These spreads under three. I mean, go back to the Delaware state. So I was on Delaware money line. Cause I don't want to fuck around with this shit. Right. And Kyle just lays the two. And I'm like, Oh no, it's going to end one. Just like the one <laughs> yesterday. And the, it was crazy. It was, they were up. What did I tell? God damn there. I watched so many games today. Uh, they were up. Were they up two? They were up one. They make one. They miss the second. Get the rebound. Shoot two more free throws. Of course. So you go from, I mean, for that to, for that scenario to play out where they're up four at that point is like what the fuck? Yeah, I thought because I texted yeah. you saying you're gonna win and I'm gonna lose because I didn't play the money line. Yeah, like you. It, it was and looking I'll, like I'll that was going right to happen. Like, push, please push. And then oh my I God. see. I, I get the glorious green check mark from Action Network, and I'm like, hell yeah. Because <laughs> if he makes the second free throw and it's three, now now all bets are off. They can make it three to go to overtime. They could yeah. miss and then put a put back in and, and win by one. Like, um, so, I mean, there are so many crazy variables with these scenarios that, like, Neil just talked about where it's under 30 seconds. What do you do? Coaches are going to play this different. Guys are going to foul when they – and then you have the South Dakota State game where you get the win on five because it's four and there's a scramble under the basket after there's a North Dakota State miss and the foul is called with .3 seconds left. Go to the line, drain both free throws, cover the cover the five, no problem. Like, wow, no problem, right? I, uh, I, I actually can't believe he he made the second one. You know, just, I guess it didn't oh my God. It was .3, yeah. but – I feel like half the time the player just kind of misses it. So the clock, you know, runs out. And then even in non-close games, did you guys see how Gonzaga covered? No. I mean, so that's, that's sitting on 10. I mean, that line closed 12 and a half. Uh And then there's some silly turnovers at the end and Gonzaga and they're just, you know, they're winning their conference tournament. They're getting revenge on St. Mary's. So they're finishing, they're dunking it. They get another one, and I think it ends up landing 13. 13. 13. Yeah. Like, wow. So, just, I mean, people want to talk about buying half points in college basketball and not like they're every single point in this shit matters. Like you said, man, yeah. I'm already looking at these lines tomorrow, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to find one. It's a good way to, to kind of wrap this one up that this is a really, really hard time of the year to win betting college basketball because the lines are tight and they're the tightest they've been all season. And you have a lot of people betting college basketball who haven't watched a lot of college basketball this season. And um, good luck to everybody out there. Just be really careful. Don't lose your ass betting on schools with players you've never heard of. It's a lot of fun to watch, but just be super careful betting it for sure. Um, NFL, Russell Wilson yeah. is a Bronco. That's pretty fucking weird. Dude, that's crazy. Out of the NFC West, let's go. First of all, it's great because Seattle's fucked. And it's going to be yeah. amazing to watch them languish around last place for a while. Unless they do some – I don't know what they're doing. So I'll take Drew Lock. Drew Lock makes the Pro Bowl next year. <laughs> He's not going to happen. I know. 
And now they're releasing Bobby Wagner. It really seems like they're just kind of admitting, okay. That's just to save cap space, right? Yeah. So, I mean. They're going to trade Metcalf, you know, gets. Dude, they might trade both of those guys. They might trade Lockett and Metcalf. I mean, just at this point, the Rams are who they are. The Niners are still going to be there. Arizona, I guess, is kind of there. If you're Seattle, this might be the time. We talked about this on a pod a few weeks ago. This might be the time to kind of reset. Be like, all right, we're Russell's gone. Let's just collect assets, and we're playing for 2024 at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I think it's smart. You know, it's, there was clearly a a pull on both sides, and I mean, get the bank. I mean, you yeah. got you got you got a quarterback. He's, I mean, he was supposed to be good. So who knows? Maybe maybe a change of scenery. He can uh, be okay. I don't know, but you know, getting those draft picks is huge. Um, well, know, the only thing about that is that part. But good well, this them. quarterback class in the draft is not considered to be no, good. So no. if you're going to maybe not care if you do horrible next year, Drew Locke might be your guy. Yeah, and then maybe Seattle's drafting in the top five next year, or they've got an extra first round pick, even if they're drafting seventh, eighth, whatever, you have some ammo to maybe try to move up if there is someone coming out next year. But Matt, let's not forget, like, I don't, I don't think like they don't, if I'm not mistaken, like Seattle doesn't own their own pick this year. And I don't think they do next year because they traded for Adams. That's horrible. Right. So like they're kind of in this weird spot where yes, they really just got back some picks which aren't going to be great picks no you got to think these are going to be in yeah they're going to be in the 20s (laughs) like these picks are going to be in the 20s these first rounders and seattle doesn't own their own pick like the you know the jets get those too so the jets should be really good any minute now uh yeah (laughs) i thought seattle um I thought they gave up a first last year and I know they don't this year, but I'm curious. Okay. Let's see. Was it two threes or three threes that they gave up? I thought it was just two. It was just two. Adams. I think they're good in 2020. Well, I don't know how witness was updated. I'm going to try to find it. Uh, I mean, how should people look at Denver? I mean, I'm feeling great about having a, a Denver 20 to one Super Bowl ticket. Now I thought they were going to get Rogers. That's why I made the damn bet and they didn't. And they ended up getting Russell Wilson, which Russell Wilson is not Aaron Rodgers, but you can win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. We have actually seen that happen. So what, what about the Denver side of this for you guys? I mean, I, I think that team's more dangerous with Wilson than Rogers because Wilson is still mobile. Rogers didn't look as mobile last year. So I, I mean, to me, Denver's a lot scarier with Wilson back there, especially with the running backs they have. And, you know, they, I mean, I don't think the receivers are as good as what Cincinnati has, but they're pretty damn good. Um, You know, Sutton should be back from his ACL. I know they released Sean Hamilton today, I think, but, you know, Judy yet to really make an impact because he hasn't really had a, a quarterback and I wish um, I wish Denver could have figured out how to keep yeah I wish Denver could have figured out how to keep Noah Fant though like 
he did he's going to be he would have been a difference maker i think given all of that talent on the perimeter that you know russ could have picked on running the ball they wanted that big guy because they still run the west coast i mean it was probably give us noah where i bet he was a big impact in that in that trade he wasn't a throwaway guy obviously but i think i think he was a critical piece to to the seahawks saying okay yeah, he's a former first-round pick, so he's a, he, he's a nice player. Uh, also, the Jamal Adams trade. So they they pulled that trigger before the 2020 season, and they sent a first-round pick in 2021 and 2022. Okay. So, it's just so, this year. Okay. so they, may, they, they will have their first next year, which I guess if you're a Seahawks fan and you're looking at the future, you're probably hoping that you go – four and 13 this season have a top six pick and then you've got an extra first and if Denver's really good then yeah that's going to be the 27th pick but but still first round I mean you can still do something with that those those do have some value so crazy crazy stuff it's going to be a crazy next few days and then I mean there's still Deshaun Watson out there um who knows what's going to happen with that there's more guys that are going to get franchise tag. Guys are going to get asked to take a pay cut or they're going to get uh, Amari Cooper is probably going to get cut. So there are going to be names out there to be had. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is having surgery. So, so much for the Niners being able to trade him for anything, but we'll see. Yeah. Crazy time, man. We got uh, a lot of NFL shit happening. March madness players is this weekend. If you're a golf fan, Neil, you excited for the players? What players? Who's playing? I think it's the Kyle. Is it the biggest purse ever? I think. I think I heard something like that. Must yeah. be nice. I uh, yeah, no, yeah, seriously. So, all right. Anybody got anything else? I'm just. Could you imagine if we had anything baseball related to talk about? Oh man! And then there's those guys. What uh, baseball? There's um. I think there's proposals being at the, it's almost 10 o'clock on Tuesday night here on the West coast. I think there are proposals being exchanged. Apparently they met all day today. Now, does anyone care? They said today's the right. Today's the deadline. Otherwise they're canceling another week. Right. Yep. Uh, Yeah. If they don't get it today. So. Maybe we'll wake up to news that they're back on. This is really screwing me over because the second half of my March Madness trip is putting in all my baseball MLB futures tickets. It's my trip out there where I can get everything done because I live in a stupid state of California where it's challenging and I don't have many outs. I wonder what would happen if they actually get a deal done in the next week. But they're gonna maybe they say okay it's gonna be a hundred and fifty game season. The books I mean, I th- would have to re. Yeah, but I think to- they I think they have that number already because I remember they basically when we when they came out and they acknowledged that they were doing a sixty game season, and you know during the COVID year like they had the they had season win totals for that. So I'm going to venture to guess that it's already ready. And if, you know, the line's just going to be if, okay, if you were supposed to win 57% of your games and we're going to play 140, it's 140 times, you know, 57. The interesting, 
Yeah. So, and I think they'll just get numbers out because I know I heard WinBet, even when there was no deal, and there obviously hasn't been, like WinBet was taking season win totals. They had posted their season win totals and they were taking bets with the stipulation that there had to be 158 games played. Yeah. So all those are squashed. But I got to imagine if they get a deal done, they can get numbers posted fairly quickly. The interesting caveat to that is just going to be like, okay, do you, from what your schedule was, we're just canceling out the two weeks. So if your schedule had two series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, are those just canceled? And now you don't play the Dodgers, you know, if you had 18 games against the Dodgers, now you only have 12, because that makes a pretty big difference. So you don't want to season win total bet. So yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing to scheduling. Yeah, um, is that going to create schedule imbalances? And the other thing, too, that's going to be right. tough to fire wind holes right now is there's a ton of free agents who haven't signed yet. That haven't signed, right? I, yeah. So it's like like if somebody signs Freddie Freeman, like that, that's going <laughs> to greatly increase their I want Freddie Freeman. Chances. So, man, lots of stuff, uh, lots of stuff, exciting stuff coming up. All right. For Kyle, for Neil, we will be back soon with the rest of the guys. Uh, in the meantime, keep an eye out on the Twitter at Fade Sports for the Battle of the Dads. Neil's done a great job getting those videos put together and we've been getting those out as soon as we possibly can. So uh, give everybody a follow, uh, follow our Twitter at fade you sports. You can get all the other Twitter handles there. And let's they, just remind the videos everybody. would be out quicker if it wasn't for Chris Duke. Yeah. Guy fucking plays golf every day and he yeah. can't. I, get it out. I don't so, know. Huge shade. Yeah. Matt's Matt's picks are in. I, I don't have even woken up my, and I wake up to Matt's yeah. tweet with his picks that are in and I'm sitting you know, he, he knows we try to post him at least before four so people can see 345 after he takes, you know, a so swing at the 17. Who, says the guy who sent his play after it started. Okay, I didn't know Bellarmine started it too. <laughs> it's fun, neither did I. I like, dude, you're, you're the two of you are literally one of the two of the like most trustworthy guys. That's why I did. I'm just like, I sent the ticket. I have the ticket. The ticket was yeah. there. Yeah, no, I know. It's just they're winning by 10. So it's just like, could have easily just not done it. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah, everybody should at hazmat suit 23 and yell at him to get his picks yeah. in a little sooner. That would be great. But we'll call it a pod. Just remind everybody who wants to say it this time. Chris isn't here. What so happens? What happens when you bow? Oh, here's a good one tomorrow. The MIAC tournament quarterfinal. We have Norfolk State, 21 and 6 against 2 and 25 Delaware State. What happens sometimes when you bet on skill like that? You might just yeah, play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. Big Professor Dyer. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. This is Fade You.